are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here on the Steve Day Show, powered by CRTV Podcast Edition here on Westwood One. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes and Stitcher. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. We would love it if you would join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Good Monday to you, gentlemen. Hopefully, hopefully you had a great weekend. We just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a preview of what's coming up on CRTV later today. Todd. I uh, had a good conversation with our friend uh, Bob Vanderplatz, uh, how to navigate uh, the current um, culture war, the state of the culture war we're in, trying to get a sense of where it is. Are we in the middle of it? Is it is it over, quite frankly? And what to do about it? How do you balance uh, Matthew 28 with shaking the dust from your feet and moving on? Uh, so uh, some interesting uh, back and forth between Bob and I and then commentary therein from uh, Steve and Aaron. Aaron? Yeah, I think we were feeling somewhat um, optimistic, you know, uh, not not necessarily optimistic. That's not the right word. But it, there are there's a difference between um even though it might feel the same way, but between optimism and, uh, I don't know, peace. It seems like when we have these conversations, it's like, well, we don't want to, I don't know, we don't want to, I think it's just human nature, we don't want to come to the reality that maybe um, things are going to be a lot harder than we anticipate or want them, or maybe they even should be. But when we actually talk things through and... Really, what we had today was a, a conversation about priorities on the roundtable. Mm-hmm. That's the way. That's the about the the best way I can boil it down. And what is our priority? We're coming at this from a Judeo-Christian worldview um, of you know kind of somewhat varying stripes. So, what are our priorities in this country where we do have responsibility? And I would say it's a matter of stewardship in helping to make decisions about um, how we live together with our neighbors. How do we balance that with our call, um, our call uh, spiritually? And that's really, that's really the conversation that we had. That's the bottom line. Yeah, you definitely want to tune into this conversation. Uh, so if you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, here's how you can watch it today. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E, and that'll get you a discounted subscription. When you use my name as a promo code, discounted all the way down to about a quarter a day. That's all it will cost you, 24 cents a day to watch not just our show on CRTV, but every single show that we do. CRTV.com, promo code Dace, and you won't get, just get our show, but the great one, Mark Levin, Phil Robertson, uh, Steven Crowder, the entire team here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code Dace. So Monday is our weekend news and views podcast, and there's a couple of things that happened over the weekend. Well, there, there's three things that happened over the weekend that I wanted to touch on. Um, one, 
Two of them are posted on my Facebook wall today, by the way. So if you've not been to our Facebook wall today, you can read these two articles for yourself. In fact, I'm, I'm going to make sure I quote from it directly. So I'm going to go to my Facebook wall as we speak and go directly to this headline. This is a headline from CNN today. The soft power impact of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's decorative collars. Sometimes fashion's greatest power is its stealth. That's not a Babylon Bee satire, although it could be. That is an actual headline. And I want my CNN back. Where's where's the CNN that had pioneering journalists risking their lives to be embedded in the Persian Gulf War? Where's the CNN that gave us the original crossfire where they actually argued about stuff we care about? Where's the CNN where George Shaw asks Michael Dukakis, well, if you're so against capital punishment, would you want capital punishment for someone if they raped and murdered your wife? Do you know where she went? I'd like to have her back. You know, it was only a few years ago we would sit during Republican presidential primaries, right? We would talk openly. We end up, I'm gonna, we're watching more CNN than Fox because we know Fox in the tank for Romney. We know Fox is in the tank for Rubio, right? What, what's, what's happened to this network? Do you know? Is, is, this, is this the ultimate example of Trump derangement syndrome? Has, has he just taken a baseline of bias that exists across most media platforms anyway? Although maybe, maybe he ultimately was the straw that broke the camel's back, but this is the network that prior to the emergence of Trump spent months on the Malaysian airliner, right? Right. Okay. I, I want my I want my CNN back. And I'm not the only one saying that. I mean, their ratings are awful. They are dreadful. But maybe, Todd, it's never coming back. It's not. It's not. I, uh, I couldn't make it. I just want to insert this. I couldn't make it past the part where you said, I want her back. That would be assuming CNN's gender. Just <laughs> careful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we made that. We always need to duly know yeah. our pronouns. Yep. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, Todd. Well, between uh, the television show today and the podcast, we were having a off-air conversation with uh, Bob Vanderplatz, and, and you you mentioned that what we're dealing with here is an alternative religion. Uh, they're living out their faith with uh, decisions like this, Steve. Uh, their faith is... Uh, based in hate of the other. And so this is, and we've been trolled by the media for a long, long time. Um, and now it's dialed up to 11, partially because of Trump. They were going to end up there with or without Trump anyways. Um, insanity is ultimately self-fulfilling, and this is an insane religion uh, that they peddle. That they peddle. So, no, but you cannot, have it back. Uh, there's no, there's no put in this genie back in the bottle. What do you think it's like working there every day? I'm dead serious. I know what it's like working there. Uh, that's why. I, that's why I'm asking you. 
I'm asking you. I mean, I worked in. I only worked in sports when I had to register. I, I mean, I mean, I was surrounded by a bunch of liberals, but I only worked in sports. I left in the spring of 2000, and old old liberals like Donald Call and James Flansburg, and if you grew up in the Midwest, you know those names probably, were still around. You know, they were more of your Bill Maher types. They thought we were all a bunch of religious nut jobs, but we ought to have the right to be religious nut jobs, provided we didn't impose our religious nut job on other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it'd be like what you saw Bill Maher do over the weekend. Say Alex Jones deserves a platform and Trump's a Russian agent. That That's kind of who those guys were, right? Um, they understood, though, they understood their, they were from a generation of liberalism that still understood at some point at night we have to still share a country when we're done having these arguments that generational trans transition in the newsroom hadn't occurred. And I was, again, I was in sports, so I was insulated from a lot of this. I don't know what it's like, but are they, is it, is it uniform? Like, are they like all, you know, uh, so say we all, I mean, is it cultish in that respect? Is it, Hey man, it's just a job. I got to, check the box and I'm just following orders. Are there people inside there saying, what the hell are we doing to our rep with this stuff? What's it like? Do you think? Well, as you know, it's cultish to the point that when anybody uh, like me doesn't drink the Kool-Aid and then as part of doing the job that they were asked to do is assaulted while on the job, they'll make sure that they do little to nothing to defend them because you weren't part of the cult, uh, but I uh, digress. No, it's it's um, it. I the current editor of the paper, who was always nice to me, as far as I know, personally, and I, I was nice back to her. Uh, she was the uh, former editorial page editor, and now she runs the paper. Uh, and this was at some variation of discussing uh, gay marriage along the way. I don't know what the particular topic of the story was, but they they increasingly were using the term anti-gay in headlines. Hmm. And I just pulled her aside and I said, what? we wouldn't have, this is new for us. We would not have done this. Uh, you're using this as a pejorative. And she knows, well, well, but what they're doing is clearly, um, I mean, it's, she tried to make it as if it, it was an objective diagnosis. Right. Well, it's, it, I said, no, you, you, and you know you're not, you're saying that to me. And they just, you know, she just kind of like sat there uh, until I said my piece and was just going to go on with her life. There, there was not going to be any discussion. She did not care. This ultimately wasn't a, a, a issue of journalism in the most um, traditional sense. It's what journalism has become. It was agenda driven, uh, and and they were testing the waters, throwing those headlines out there. And when just the one guy in the newsroom says something, and they don't like you said with CNN, they they just clearly were on a path to not really caring about salvaging a business, and had instead chosen a jihad. Here we are. Hmm. I just think we need to stop. We talked about it on the show today too. I, stop underestimating the cultish re- religiosity of what we're dealing with. It, it's... No, it goes back to what I wrote in Nefarious Plot. 
progressivism is the rival religion of this age. It is the heresy of this era. It is the Marcion, the Arius. It is the Artemis worship in Ephesus, whatever. It's the Baal worship um, in Canaan, whatever, whatever was the, the, the pagan fake God de jour of cultures. When, 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 when the Judeo Christian worldview came into the room, that's what progressivism is in our era. It's just the problem we have. We're having a hard time recognizing this in the church for a few reasons. One is we don't want to. <laughs> that's the that's the number one reason we don't we don't want to. We want to we want to uh, want to add staff and build bigger buildings and have bigger events. You know, we don't we don't we don't want to have to get our hands dirty with this stuff. That's the number one reason we don't. We're willfully ignorant to it. The other reason we don't understand it is because. Um, we still live in a in a culture where the hospitals have crosses and the original church designations that started them, right? Where we still have Christmas is an is a is a national holiday. Um, we have all these old relics of the founding of a culture that was, to some degree, and we can debate to the degree, but there's no question it was at the very least inspired by a Judeo Christian worldview, if not bathed in it. We, we could disagree which of those which of those descriptions fits, but it the 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 truth is somewhere between those two descriptions. And so we 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 see all the relics of our of 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 the founding of the country. And that makes it difficult to see yourself as a stranger in a strange land. You know what I'm saying? Like when Paul showed up in Ephesus, yeah. you know, he didn't run into like previous, you know previously on fire Christian subcultures that had gone dormant. Right. He was, well, guy, the Christian showed up. Where do we start? You know what I mean? Right. It was, everything was new. When the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, they didn't run into a, oh man, the Catholics beat us here. I mean, they were new. Everything was new. So, um, this is different. It's different to make the mental paradigm shift of, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not the majority here. I'm new. I'm the pilgrim now. Because you look around and you see a lot of the, the, the values and ideals that are cited, discussed, and debated come from your belief system that would not exist on this planet if not for the revelation the creator gave through your belief system, right? Mm-hmm. And so that makes it harder to see yourself as that pilgrim, as that John Bunyan, as that you know missionary, as one of your favorite saints, um, Patrick going back to Ireland to drive out the snakes. Okay, it's hard to see that because um, the, 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 the framework, or maybe, I'm going to stick with relic, I like that word, the relics of your belief system that created this culture are all still very visible. The same Supreme Court that is that is mulling over whether or not to to allow Christians to be put in jail and nuns to be forced to pay for abortions and bakers to be put out of business still has a still has an, a testimony to the Ten Commandments right outside its chambers, right? Yep. That's what's different. You know, when Paul went before Festivus, you know, they Paul they, they would there there was not a Ten Commandments monument. <laughs> okay, that's what's different here. That's what's hard for us to wrap our minds around this. And that's so there's two reasons we don't understand progressivism is the pagan religion we're up against. 
One is we don't want to, because that would require something of a deeper level of commitment and confrontation other than the buddy system or tithing units. And the other is it's difficult to see yourself in the minority position of a culture when the relics of your previous majority status are plentiful around you. You know what you just described? You described that the explanation that came in either the second, I think the second Matrix movie, when they originally developed the Matrix and for the pot sleeping people, the dream that they were having Mm -hmm. was purely utopian. And somehow, I can't remember, it it was a rejection. So then they altered, so there was actually, you know, some some pain, some suffering, some in there to to make it more real. So Mm -hmm. you are just describing why progressivism's, one of their best tools is just our that lethargy you're describing where we are just kind of on autopilot and we have all these first world problems and we 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 will and that's why i always talk about how we have the sense of living it within a um uh, gated community effect you know we just feel way safer then we, I mean, the enemy is right here laughing at us, taking our children from us as we speak, and we're just kind of sending them off. Go enjoy. That's what you're describing. That's a good segue to the other story from this weekend I want to discuss. This headline from the New York Times, Asia Argento, a Me Too leader, made a deal with her own accuser. Now, if you don't know who this woman is, she was, I think she might have even been the original whistleblower on Harvey Weinstein. And now we're finding out that um, there was a young boy that she essentially is, uh, is accused to have shepherded into, you know, you don't see this very often, except with school teachers in America, normally pederasty. That's, you know, going back to the Roy Moore. I know it's crazy. Going, going back <laughs> Usually to, with pederasty, this is not going in a good place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Roy Moore thing, he was every Roy Moore was not accused of pedophilia. He was accused of pederasty. That's what he was accused of. Pedophilia is sexual attraction to prepubescence. Pederasty is the is the is the shepherding of pubescence into sexual relations before they are of a, of age. That's what it is. Usually, it's 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 of the homosexual variety, like in "Call Me by Their Name," "Call Me by Your Name," whatever that movie was. That like, was the name of it, right? Yeah, and like the predominance of occasions in the Catholic Church. Have yes, been what, exactly. Uh, Bedouin cultures, Middle Eastern cultures, you know, and the Crusades. A lot of the Muslim generals would take their pederast uh, teenage boys with them when they were going to be away from their wives, that they would literally have to pleasure them while they were gone from their wives and their concubines for months on end during those wars. That's what this practice is. All right, and she is alleged to have engaged in this with this young boy to the point of then having sex with him while he was still underage, and that she gave him a payment of $380,000 to essentially make restitution and to be quiet about this. That's the story in the New York Times today. When I posted this on my Facebook wall, and forgive me, I, I did not anticipate this was going to happen. Immediately, I got reactions that said I was doing this to um, delegitimize the Me Too movement. Um, I, I want to clarify a couple of things. One, I think rape sh- is a ca- should be a capital offense, and I've said that for years. I'm straight, I'm straight Levitical on this. Rape should be a capital offense. At the very least, it should be an extreme corporal offense like castration. Okay? 
Um, so I did not post this, and maybe I'm going to have to be and, and try not to be as reactionary and defensive. You know, and and just and not assume everybody knows my motivations for everything all the time. So I probably should have posted more as as to. Yeah, I kind of thought the story spoke for itself without my editorial comment. But in this case, maybe the fact they didn't add one led people to try to jump to conclusions to why I put this on my Facebook wall. I did not post this on my Facebook wall to delegitimize the Me Too movement whatsoever. Or another person claimed I did this to essentially let Trump off the hook for grab him by the hoo-ha. That's... That couldn't be even... I, I don't even know how I could even respond to something like that. I mean, th- things like that are why I didn't even vote for Donald Trump. So if I had to do it over again, here's what I would have added to this post. And I'm going to try not to be defensive because I understand that there are several people in my industry that you're used to doing business this way, right? And so the assumption is some of your peers do this, so all of you do this, right? So I'll, I'll try to be more specific and exact. I mean, after all, if what you're asking of me is to give my opinion more, I guess I can oblige. <laughs> okay? Here's why I posted this. Brokenness can't heal brokenness. You don't have a Me Too movement because of toxic masculinity. You have a Me Too movement because of sin. Of unrepentant, unconfronted sin. That's why you have it. With a with just as a, a, a certain a certain skin pigment or lack thereof does not bring with it a certain sin ratio. Neither does certain genitalia, either. Just because you you have a penis does not mean you're predisposition to sin more, and just because you don't doesn't mean your predisposition to sin less. Brokenness cannot heal brokenness. If Asia is guilty of everything she's accused of, it doesn't change one iota whether Harvey Weinstein is guilty or not. It's similar to, you know, I broke the cycle in my family. I've talked about the abuse my stepdad who raised me gave me. His, his father was very abusive to him. Beat him even worse. Right, so the the human the in the natural the human intuition is if you grew up with that kind of abuse you depart way away from it. Right, that's actually not the way that it works, though. You're typically once that was modeled to you, you're more prone to succumb to that behavior. It's the other way around. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we delved into this story and found. She was doing this at the. She started doing this shortly after Harvey Weinstein started doing whatever he was doing to her. Because abusers abuse. More often than not. Now, I mentioned I broke the cycle in my family, except I really didn't. Jesus broke the cycle in my family, because I was going taking the first steps down all those roads, and maybe it wasn't going to be physical because I had such an abhorrence to that growing up. Oh boy, but you guys know I got a pretty good tongue. I can level you with that. I don't need to hit you. It's just going to be abused by another form. Why? Because 
brokenness can't heal brokenness. I, I can't heal myself of, of the sins I witnessed and were done to me and the people around me by day days, just as he can't heal himself of the sins that were done to him and the people around him by Carl days. You know, a few years ago, my wife was on a genealogy kick before she got into counseling ministry. And you know what she found when she went to my, uh, my stepdad, uh, Dace, the Dace family side? What do you think she found, Todd? Just guess. What do you think she found? When she went back generation after generation after generation, what do you think she found? A lot of well-adjusted married families think that's what she found? Not at all. No, she found centuries of dysfunction is what she found. Literally. Literally centuries of it. So here's what this means because it ties right into the conversation about progressivism we're having right now or we were having a minute ago. The religion, and I'm going to probably just start calling it that now. You know, I've, hit, I've, I've said that's what it is. I think I'm just going to call it that. The religion of progressivism that has preached this new moral ethic is not capable and equipped even if it wanted to. I'm sure there are people that are stringent believers in the, 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 the religion of progressivism that would love for it, that really in their hearts, earnestly and have, have, are sincere that they want it to be able to do something it cannot do. It can't change people from the inside out. You can change them from the outside in. You can have an entire generation of college and, and, and pro athletes who were given more diversity training than any generation in human history. And then when they think nobody's looking, drop the most vile racial spewage and garbage on their Instagrams, right? We've been talking about that. Beelzebub doesn't cast out Beelzebub. Sickness doesn't heal sickness. The antidote isn't the poison. You cannot cast off moral restraint and say to human nature, I went to the movies and saw the Meg yesterday, Aaron, I saw that damn commercial again. I did it again. <laughs> you be you. I'm like, what if you suck? <laughs> when the message is you do you and then you do you, you can't then turn around and say, hey, don't do you then. Well, you're not the boss of me. Why do you get to impose your definition of when I get to do you on me, right? Yes. It doesn't work that way. We either have restraints or we don't. We, ever, we either have accountability or we don't. Now, I will defer to our progressive rivals and opponents on this point. The reason why you had so much abuse of women for all these decades is because we were not willing to enforce our own moral standards within the church. And what's going on at Willow Creek right now is a great example with Bill Hybels. What's going on in the Catholic Church right now is another good example. But you, you're not going to find the answer you want inwardly. You have all the right complaints, none of the right solutions. The solutions you put forth... Less gender roles, 
less acknowledgement of the created order, less moral restraint. I mean, the God that made you made the clitoris. He's not here to restrict your pleasure. He's giving you some guidelines to stop you from destroying yourself and others with it. Okay? The antidote to this is not more licentiousness. It's not more shamelessness. You'll just incentivize more licentious shamelessness. And we will use it against one another. And we'll hurt one another with it. And that's what the Asia Argenta story, if it's true, proves. It doesn't mean Harvey Weinstein's not guilty of everything he did to her because it's not even just her. Legions of women came forth. But just because you're a man or a woman or whatever doesn't mean you are predispositioned to not be a sinner. How many women lied and covered up for Harvey Weinstein? America's high priestess of progressive feminism, Oprah Winfrey. How many years did she lie for him? How many? While he was doing this to women like Asia Argento. And then if this is true, how many people lied for Asia Argento while she was doing this to this young boy? Brokenness won't cure brokenness. When you multiply brokenness by brokenness, what will you get more of, guys? Brokenness. Brokenness. Brokenness times brokenness is brokenness. Any thoughts on that before I move on to the final thing that happened over the weekend I want to address? Well, it's, it's not surprising at all uh, that the road a woman like that was on led to a place of compromise that she was at the time willing to negotiate because she thought she was going to get something to it uh, for it. Um, when it uh, went bad, uh, everybody has a different breaking point. Uh, but all of them, when they do break, they have a sense of being complicit in it. And then you either you own that, but you, the only way to own that is by having a worldview that offers you salvation from it. Otherwise, owning it is insanity. Mm -hmm. You want to reject it. You want to cover it up. And mm -hmm. this is just the perfect example. Uh, she turned around and ultimately uh, went after somebody for doing the very same things that she did. All of this is entirely predictable. Uh, Aaron and Steve and I go to church to save ourselves regularly mm -hmm. from this cancer uh, that is sin. Uh, so this is uh, an indictment, as we do regularly, myself probably particularly these days. This is the in an indictment of the church for so badly offering the obvious alternative that people need today as much, if not more than ever. Yeah, I... Um have been close to losing my poop a couple times on comments on social media slamming 
the Catholic Church because of what's going on, saying this is a, this is the problem with the Catholic Church. If you have a theology that tells you that it's a church or any other human uh, institute, it's the church is not supposed to be a human in- institution. But any other problem other than sin is just a a, a, a condition of X, Y, and Z, or the uh, or, or the environment that you're in. It's just a Catholic Church problem, or it's just a Hollywood problem. Your your theology also is problematic. Let's put it that way. It's a sin problem, as you've just been pointing out, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's not just a problem. And that's is not to not to absolve Catholicism from my point of view. Um, of all of I think theological problems. If I thought. Catholicism, we've been through this before, that's another can of worms. I'm not absolving all of that. But if your theology tells you that it's just the Catholic Church where bad stuff like this happens, then your theology sucks. Finally, I got a vent of frustration. So, um... I opened by lamenting the prodigal son to return, CNN. I've transitioned to weeping prophet. My heart is broken. It, this is imprecatory time now. Okay. Good. Okay. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I think I know where this is going. I, I can't do this anymore. Okay. It's the NFL. Uh, well, no. The, well, the final oh, check. Wow. Clear. I'm, I, I'm not going to overreact yet to the NFL, only because this goes on every time they make a rules change. They overreact in the preseason. pre-season yeah. Let's get me. Let's see after week one and two. Let's see where we're at. Okay. Because this is also the league that when they realized they were screwing everybody on what's a catch, suddenly decided right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, with 100 million people watching, we're going to call these catches now. Yeah, that was okay. that was nice. Yes. All right. No. Um. So we get these because I have to stay away from the from most of my industry. I, I can't consume it. Um, Is that bad? Yeah. I, I don't and I don't know how a lot of you that are consumers. I, I don't know how you do this on a regular basis where you consume a lot of what of us. And when I say us, all of us in the media, every channel, every so much of this is toxic. I, I don't I, I mean, I would just hate everybody. I, I would just hate everyone. Starting with myself. So I I stay up on what goes on in our industry that I think we need to address a couple of different ways. I've talked about Twitter, sort of my my AP wire from back in the day, right? The other way is, you know, we've got this, uh, this uh, service called Gravian that is kind of a drudge report for news clips. It's, a, it's an aggregator. It's accumulator of news clips. And they send us a list of what's trending on their servers every morning. And I'll go through that rundown and watch a few and, and see if I want to talk about them on fake news or not, or at some point during one of our shows here on CRTV or on the podcast. And maybe this has not just been a recent issue with the whole John Brennan thing. I, I don't care. I don't. And neither should you. And I don't think you do. I don't think anybody outside of three area codes cares who which, which people not in the actually working in national security have national security clearance. Who freaking cares? But there's another angle to this that I, I've just I I've I've reached my breaking point with. If you want to know 
If you want to know, Steve, we are going in in October. It will be 17 years in Afghanistan. We spent over a decade in Iraq. We still can't subdue Afghanistan. We basically handed Iraq over to the Iranians. Qatar went from our, arguably our closest ally in the first Persian Gulf War to it's now the headquarters for Al-Freaking-Jazeera. We were on the wrong side of the Arab Spring in Libya. We sided with the jihadists in Libya. We sided with the jihadists in Egypt twice. Twice. The first time to overthrow Mubarak, who had actually been very loyal to the United States for decades. And then the second time over, over Morsi. We sided with the, we sided with the jihadists, the Arab Spring then too. And, and let me just tell you what Arab Spring means. Muslim Brotherhood. That's what it means. It's the jihadists. We, we keep siding with Turkey over the Kurds. We leave them in NATO. The Kurds have literally fought by our side in every Middle Eastern conflict in the last quarter century. And all they want, all they want, man, is a place to hang their hat. We won't give it to them. Because it might make Turkey mad. You know, the country we have to tariff right now because they're holding innocent Americans hostage. And they beat our people with their security detail. The two-state solution that did nothing but give the PLO a, a political party to look legitimate. If you want to know why we have failed at like everything post 9-11, look at the blanking drama queens that represent the intelligence and military uh, hierarchy on cable news every night. Good God, man. I wouldn't even fit you all with Maggie's drawers. You're like Maggie's crotchless panties. It's just, it's just disgusting. It's an insult to freaking masculinity. Uh, Tom tucked my library card away. And this is, an, this is an attack on free speech. Daniel Petraeus, who was literally knocking boots with his mistress, spilling state secrets to her over pillow talk. That's why he went to prison. He's now going to chime in. Seriously, to hell with every one of you. This is another example where <laughs> Trump's brokenness exposes everybody else's brokenness at the same time. Was Ralph Peters always this nuts? Do you remember him being this nuts all these years? Every night he's on there, he's like freaking Walter... America held hostage day 444. Guys, Trump can't spell collusion. Trump's idea of collusion is making sure Michael Cohen got the payment to Stormy Daniels right, okay? It's like they think they are they are living in a Tom Clancy novel. And every night, these clips are in my feed every morning. I, I, no wonder we, no wonder we suck at this. These were the guys calling the shots. I, you know, we have found as much Russian collusion as we found Iraq WMDs.
We have found as much, we, we, there's as much evidence Trump's a fascist dictator as there is. There's moderate Arab countries and Muslim freedom fighters. Enough. Either these are the worst grandstanders of all time, or the, there's the mangina principle is now active in the American military attache. The wussier you are, the higher you rise. Well, you do know they're paying for transgender surgeries now. In the there military. you go. Yeah, we, we, we court-martial chaplains, mandate, pay for castrations. And if that ain't a metaphor for what the hell is in these clips every night, I don't know what is. Can you watch these men in these clips and see them in the situation room in the White House plotting out how to respond to our enemies? Uh, well, Mr. President, let me, you know, let's look at the overnight polling and see what Rachel Maddow will say. Am I the only one noticing this? I'm, I've been wondering why does this, why? What is it about this thing with the Brennan story that bothers me? Because I think it's beyond dumb. And I just want you to know for the record. If you want to know, am I going to be on your side or not? Ask yourself this question. Is this stupid? Because if it's stupid, no. I don't care. Put a cross on it. If it's dumb, I'm against you. I don't care what your emblem is. I don't care what your logo is. Put the block M. If it's dumb, I'm out. And I will destroy you. I, I, I don't do dumb. If it's stupid, I'm against you. I don't care what your uniform is. I don't care what logo you try. If it's stupid, I'm your enemy. I just that, that's that's my line. If you're if it's stupid, I'm out. So this whole thing is stupid. Yet it's bothering me. At this, I couldn't figure out what is it about this story that is that is so stupid. It's that, but it's bothering me at the same time. And then I, I, I realized it the other day. It it is it is a snapshot of what our post 9-11 foreign policy has been, which is one foobar after another. And all we did was kill a whole bunch of people, some of them our own. And I say that, man, I'm a flag waver. My, my father-in-law is 101st Airborne. I'm married to a military brat, graduate of Fort Campbell, Kentucky High School. And even my 101st Airborne proud veteran father-in-law is like, dude, this ain't the military I used to know. This is this is sad. What a bunch of freaking drama queens. These are like scream queens and Trump's like Michael Myers. They're on these shows every night. He can't be stopped. He cannot be contained. Didn't you guys used to carry nuclear footballs? Give assassination orders, send in tanks. Napalm villages? And she know Jesus is Darth Vader? Do you smell something? You know what I'm smelling, kid, and play. I just can't say right now because it'll offend too many people, but you know what we're smelling here. What a bunch of blanks. Can you imagine Patton Schwarzkopf on CNN tonight? I'm just so offended at this whole thing. I just, I can't believe it. And it's just not, you know, these are the unwritten rules of Washington. town. It's just not the way things are done around. No! If anything, if those guys thought Trump really was a fascist dictator, 
dude, tanks would be rolling up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They'd like incite a civil war. Where's Alexander Haig storming into the White House when Reagan was shot, totally countermanding the, the, the line of secession in the Constitution to say to George Herbert Walker Bush, I'm in charge now. Now that's a general. That's a general right there. The guy you got to stop from going too far. That's the guy you have. That's the guy you put in charge. They asked Lincoln, why'd you hire Grant? I think he's going to kill a lot of people and win. That's why. That's the job. That's the job. Now, apparently, it is auditioning for the 9 o'clock slot on CNN. I, I just, I'm disgusted watching these clips. It's disgusting. There's so many things I want to say about this that if it was if it was just guys sitting by ourselves, I would say with no problem. But since it's not, I won't. Suffice to say, I'll sum it up with two biblical notions. One, when God looks to Job and says, gird your loins like a man. And the other, when Deborah, the judge, looks at Baruch, the general, who will not do what God has called him to do unless Deborah leads the way and she looks at him and says, well, you will have the indignity of not doing your job without a woman doing it for you. This is pathetic to watch. My sperm count drops just reading the clips. And at 45, that's a problem for me. <laughs> Tonight, when I say to my wife, I got nothing left in the tank. I'm going to blame it on this damn Grabian list. Because my voice gets higher and I get shorter as I read through it. Good God, man. It's an odometrosexual. You guys just show up on CNN and MSNBC with your freaking skinny jeans on while you're at it. It is just pathetic to watch. And I'm going to stop now because I don't think I'm going to be able to restrain myself much longer because the bile is rising at this. Your thoughts, Todd? Well, we've talked the last couple of weeks about kind of when... What specific instance gets which one of us a little bit more uh, despondent? Well, we just got done talking about the uh, on the television show about losing the culture war. I think this is a particular example where that reality, if we've lost the military to this, you're feeling like what what hope is there? I mean, this isn't this is supposed to be the one where men are still men, and since they've got the guns, you know, you guys can live all your folly, but sooner or later, you know. We're the ones that are going to make sure you observe reality. And you know in your heart of hearts, there's no salvation there. None at all. I just hope it's senility and nothing else. But something tells me it's something else. And um, probably the best explanation, and you said it a little bit ago, of why we are where we are. If these were the type of dudes, allegedly dudes, air quotes, dudes, uh, who were making some of the toughest decisions for the last few decades, probably a good indication of why we are where we are. When you see these clips, can you see the men in these clips ordering the Normandy invasion? Can you see that? No. Can you, when you see the links and the depths, now I'm, I'm not for becoming barbarians, 
But when you see the links and the depths the Islamo-fascists are willing to go to destroy decency and civilization. Do those men seem like the type to you that have what it takes to hold that back? I think you're describing Neville Chamberlain. (laughs) Yep. A legion of them. Storming the beaches isn't the status quo. There's nothing new under the sun, Steve Dace. And some, I know the temptation is to say, well, listen, they're, they're in a political arena. They're just, that's not a good, that's not a good save. Because if they can essentially leave what it takes to be successful at that level militarily, if, if, if they can set that so cavalierly aside to get on television at night, The things that I Donald Trump's a terrible person. They say worse things about him than they say about Assad. If this is the if, if this is them playing the political game, then then if that's your defense, that's self-own. That's all I need to know. That is all I need to know. Because that is Neville Chamberlain. That is the enemies over here saying, our way or death. And you're like, I still think that's a negotiating ploy. We can cut a deal here. Final thoughts, Aaron? We just did those, sorry. (laughs) All right, indeed we did. Well, I look forward to the feedback I get from that last 10 minutes, or not. But you know what? I feel a lot better I got that off my chest because it's been bothering me a lot. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Please subscribe and give us reviews here on iTunes and Stitcher. That helps us a lot to spread the word. Thank you to those of you who already have done those things. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.